Welcome to the Driveway Beers Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share on any platform that you're listening on. All right, welcome back to another show. We appreciate you listening, as always. Uh, want to thank our sponsors, Cheers and Spirits, in the Arnold Station Plaza in Arnold, Maryland. Um, like we've always said, as far as wine selection goes, um, even though it's not a, it's not a huge store, but they have a great selection of wines there. Um, and the best part about it is, is for me in particular, I don't know a lot about wines. And so when I go in there, I ask, uh, ask the person at the front desk, like, Hey, look, this is the event I'm going to. I need a bottle of wine that isn't going to be complete shit, but I don't want to spend 50 bucks. Like my price points, 25, 30 bucks. What can you find me? That's going to taste great. And every single time they always find me one that I'm looking for. And then I always hear back, oh, that was a great bottle of wine. What was it? And of course, I never know, right? I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I have no idea what I gave them. But the good news is, though, is that the people in Cheers and Spirits, they're, they, I guess they just understand that you want to give a good gift, um, but you don't want to spend a ton of money. Or maybe you do want to spend a ton of money. I'm sure that they have those high price bottles there. And they'll also find you good stuff at the $8 price point, which is where yes. I like to reside. Yes, very much so. <laughs> and then, of course, they picked our, our winner from our uh, from our uh, Worth It bourbon episode where we checked uh, four, five different bourbons from five different price points. And they they helped us pick out that Bib and Tucker that actually won. And so um, they're just extremely knowledgeable over there as far as uh, drinking the adult beverages. So... Um, if you're like me, I'm a very indecisive person when I go to drink and I'm trying to pick out something new. Like, I know I want to try something new, but I don't want to waste my money on something that's not going to taste very good. So I always ask for help, and I've never been steered wrong there. So head over to Cheers and Spirits in the Arnold Station Plaza in Arnold, Maryland, uh, right across from the, the big old CVS and behind the McDonald's right off of Ritchie Highway. And we also want to thank... Uh, Brian Schilling with Long and Foster Real Estate in Annapolis, Maryland. You can check his website out at AnnapolisHomeExperts.com. Uh, um, by now, you know the story. Brian was my real estate agent when I bought my home. He got me in the house before it went on the market. The day before it went on the market, uh, was able to negotiate a price under asking even before it went on the market. Knew the background of the sellers and knew that they had already purchased uh, the home that they wanted to move into and they needed uh, they, they had a priority on uh, a guaranteed sale versus getting more money. He happened to know this uh, because he knew the real estate agent because of his connections in the area and he was able to convey that. Now we didn't lowball him. We, we only offered him like five grand less than they were asking because that's what the house was worth in our opinion. Uh, they accepted. We closed in 30 days. They got to move in their place. We got a, we got a house where we raised our two daughters, uh, got into a neighborhood we like, and couldn't have been more thankful for him for his guidance on the whole buying process. Um, more importantly, though, there was a house. There was a, uh, We were looking at four-bedroom houses, and we went and looked at a three-bedroom house because we wanted to go see it. And we went there, and we walked around the house, and we really liked it, and we were about ready to put in an offer. And he said, don't do it. He goes, one, they're asking too much money. They'll probably get it, 
But in your situation where you don't need to move, you don't need to make this move. You don't need to pay more for a house that has one less bedroom than you actually want. He goes, wait it out. The house you want with the number of bedrooms and the square footage you want will come around. And so it wasn't just him guiding us through the purchase of a house. It was guiding him, guiding us through the per, uh, the process of finding the right house. And that was very important. So go to AnnapolisHomeExperts.com and talk with Brian about your home buying or selling needs. Now, today we're going to talk about cars. Because we haven't done a car episode, I want to say three months. It's been a while. It's been a long while. And I want to give an update on the Yukon. I have put the Yukon up for sale. Pulling the... Punch it out. I am. I am pulling the ejection out. handles. <laughs> now, I am. I regret it already, but I, if someone offers me my asking price, I will take it and move on. But I regret doing it already. <laughs> like, I had a guy offer me. I think it was fifteen hundred less than what I put it up there for. Is it current? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, it was an immediate no. Um, if he would have come up to like, so I got it listed for 6,500. It's got 177,000 miles on it. It's, it's up there in mileage. Um, but the interior is pretty immaculate on this thing. And that's when these things, they, the interiors are what go. Um, and they rush, but this one doesn't have any rust either. Especially the leather. Yeah. The cloth interiors seem to hold up better. Yeah. But the leather on those seats especially the front drive the driver's seat just i mean that you look in the, in the one you're like i mean even even the version the ones that only have you know a hundred thousand miles on it just look eight up yeah you they know, cr- the leather cracks it rips rips yeah it's really but the, so this one has no cracks no ribs it had some scuffs on one part of it and i re-dyed it yeah and it came out good and i re-dyed the steering wheel mm-hmm. um I looked up how to do it, which surprisingly for an old vehicle, that worked really well. I, f- I was able to get uh, close to a color match of what it was. Um, I sanded the steering wheel, which you wouldn't think to do. I wet sanded it, um, which you would think would just scrape it all off, right? But it didn't. Um, so I wet sanded it, and then I took some uh, some simple green degreaser. And I sprayed it on there to get all the grease off. And then I wiped it down with rubbing alcohol. So now it's clean. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, you'd be surprised. Like if you have a slick, older steering wheel, that's like everyone knows what I'm talking about. It's like the old leather gets really slick. Yeah. That's just oils from your hands that are stuck in the leather. If you degrease that, those will come out. Mm-hmm. So if you have one, even without the scuffs or the marks or anything, if it's just slick, hit it with some simple green. Don't wet sand it. But hit it with some simple green. Let it sit for a few minutes. And then make sure you wipe it off before it stains the leather. And your steering wheel will be almost like brand new. Mm-hmm. It's a little tip out there for you people. But anyway, so that's what I did with that. Um, I put in an, uh, a wireless Android Auto Apple CarPlay head unit. Uh, I put in some Rockford Fosgate door speakers. So I, I'm I'm kind of I'm not ghettoing it up, but I'm getting close there. Like I haven't put the 20 inch rims on yet, but that that's I'm I'm getting antsy. Um, it had some paint issues on the outside, and I took I sp- I spray canned them, which I was really nervous about doing. Mm-hmm. 
But so it's not like the old days where you got the spray can your and your finger in the trigger. So now they've got this thing that clamps out of the top and you pull like an actual like trigger, like a gun trigger. And it's almost like you have a spray gun now. Hmm. It was really neat. And so I got some white enamel, enamel acrylic from Rust-Oleum. I taped off my area. Um, it was the tape that it's got the tape and like the, the expandable plastic garbage bag that comes out. Okay. So you literally do, I did four tape lines and then just extended it all and everything was taped off. Hmm, that's cool. And so I got up on a ladder and I just started spraying. I put about four coats down because I was at bare metal at this point yeah. with no primer. So this enamel acrylic paint from Rust-Oleum is supposed to be primer paint all in one. Mm-hmm. But there was no shot I was going to get, get it right with two coats. No way. Plus, I didn't do the best sanding job or the wet sanding job. I didn't do the best at it. So, like, you could still see the imperfections. Yeah. But I put the four coats on, um, and I did the rear hatch, too, underneath the lip of the rear hatch. Now, mostly, I'm not doing it so it looks better, although it does look better. I'm doing it so it didn't rust, right? Because I'm at bare metal at this point, right? And lo and behold, like, I sent you some pictures of it. Then you can see where I, I, I didn't. I didn't do my tape lines at the best locations because you could see like the, the, the one toward the back, you can see that tape line and the one over the, the passenger side, you can see the one on the driver's side. I did it at one of the, the humps mm-hmm. right at the base of the hump is where I taped it. <clears throat> I should have done that on the other side because yeah. you don't notice it as much there. Um, but there's no bare metal anymore. Now you can still see where it was at bare metal and where there was still paint. So you can yeah. still see that, like the contour of it. I think if I went back and sanded it again and then repainted the area, so d- not sand it down to bare metal, but just sand it down to get it smooth yeah, and then repainted, I think I would get rid of that imperfection. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's on the roof of the car. I don't care. I'm yeah. not looking at it. No one's looking at it because right. I can't see above the thing anyway. It's too freaking tall. Um, but now it doesn't look nearly as bad from afar. Um, and if someone were to look at it, I'd tell, I'd tell them exactly what I did. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to hide it. I'm just saying, look, I just, I'm trying to prevent rust. It, it was, I mean, the paint jobs on those things were notoriously shit. Oh, GM rot for them was just, yeah. I mean, and anyone who's seen a, you know, two thousands GM, anything, you know, cause the, I think the, the primers didn't match the paint somehow and they're, or the, in the curing process, someone, and the, yeah. you know, you'll see them where they're just completely just. The paint's just gone. Yep. So. But even with that, it, it's um, it's in really good shape. The engine has a little bit of an issue, but I... So I've been to three mechanics with it. And the transmission... I went to a transmission shop, and they said it was an engine misfire and not the transmission, right? Now, I'd already had a mechanic, and I thought we had taken care of the misfires, and it felt like a torque converter slip. But they said it wasn't. They, I mean, it's a, the guy is one of those old school guys, seemed to know what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. So then I take it over to another mechanic, and he's saying it feels like a slipping transmission. But he said it's not bad enough because I can accelerate through it or decelerate through it. It's only at like 35 miles per hour light uphill, light on the accelerator. Basically, you're trying to maintain your speed going slightly uphill, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when you kind of get like a little vroom, vroom, vroom as you're going up. 
Sounds like a torque converter, but whatever. The problem is if you, to do a torque converter, it's a thousand dollar job to do a torque converter on this thing because it's about 800 labor, about 200 for the torque converter. Torque converter is cheap, but you got to drop the transmission to do it. If I do that, I'm about two grand away from doing a transmission and a torque converter. So it's like, if I put the torque converter in, it doesn't fix the issue. Then it's probably the transmission. I got to do it. So now rather than being, it'd be a thousand plus 3000 for the transmission job, rather than just 3000, like I'm saving myself that thousand dollars by just doing the trans and the torque converter at the same time. Mm-hmm. Before I do any of that though, it's not bad enough. And that the mechanic said this, he's like, look, he goes, you can drive it like this for a year or two, especially if you don't drive that many miles. And I, I baby, I'll put maybe four or 5,000 miles on this thing per year. He's like, you could probably get a year or two out of this before the thing eventually fails or maybe even more. He said, just drive it. If it gets worse, we'll be able to probably diagnose it better because right now everyone's telling you they don't know. Mm -hmm. It's not showing up in the codes and like the transmission's not throwing codes when they plug it in. So it's not, it's not showing up on the dash and it's not showing up on their machine. The engine's not showing anything. So it's not showing up as misfires because the, the transmission guy said, well, there's, there's some light misfires. I said, well, what's light? He said, like three or four per cylinder. Mm-hmm. He goes, it's not significant. He goes, I wouldn't even do anything for if it's the, he goes, if it's the engine, I wouldn't even do it. I'd wait till it got worse. Yeah. He goes, you could drive this thing with misfires for 20,000 miles. It's not going to do anything to it. So I got th- two mechanics basically saying, wait until it gets worse. Right. And then I kind of went, of course I went on YouTube. I went online. I did all this stuff. And it's got that six liter Vortec engine. And I just looked, I was like, what's the minimum octane rating for that engine for gas? Now there's conflicting reports out there. Mm -hmm. Some say that GM recommends a 91 octane but it could run an 87. But this isn't like the newfangled engines though, where the engines compensate for what you put in it so it doesn't knock. The older engines will knock if you put gas in it that it really doesn't want. Now, I don't have any knocking, but it could cause this issue. And we had mostly fixed it from the first mechanic. But he put 91 octane in it. So right now I got a half a tank left. I put some fuel fuel injector cleaner in there. I'm going to drive it out, and then I'm going to fill it back up with 91. And I'm going to see if that changes it. Because if it does, I just solved my problem. Mm-hmm. Then you can pull it off the... Off the... <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. If, if that ends up... I mean, I'm having a hard time selling it right now. See, I wouldn't be <clears throat> selling it. I would be yeah. driving it and... Waiting for the transmission to fall out the bottom of it, and then I make a decision on what to do. Yeah, um, am I going to get rid of it as is? Am I going to get? Because here's the thing: you're going to sell it, and we're going to get three feet of snow. Right, <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> That's what's going to happen. So if you sell that thing, you can th- you you know what what's today? Um, what's the date? Nine twenty one. Nine twenty one at twenty three oh eight hours eleven oh eight p.m. <laughs> for those of you that can't tell time. Um, uh, if Alex sells this truck, 
we are going to get three feet of snow and you can blame him. That's right. So stand by. I've, uh, we've, we've marked it. <laughs> That's, maybe I can offset that by making sure my snowblower works. Because I haven't had that thing tested in two years. Because I haven't, I haven't needed it in two yeah. years. It's literally just sat in my garage. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I mean, I had a, I guess I had a guy that offered me five thousand for it. I was tempted, but I'm like, no, because initially I listed this thing at nine grand. I was like, let me see if someone will give me nine grand for it, and of course they didn't. And then I went down to eight, and of course nobody bid on it, and I, I was like. I feel like the $6,500 mark was the desperate move. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is the bottom I would have taken to begin with. I'm not coming off of this, especially after a week of it being on there. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, and then, and then of course, so my wife's car had a brake issue. So we took that to the mechanic to get, it needs an ABS pump. But it, I guess the pump was on back order. So it's going to be about there about a week. So now I'm driving, I'm daily driving this thing. You've got a third vehicle. Right. So. But and so that was nice to have the third vehicle. But now as I'm daily driving it, I've got the new Android wireless head unit in, so now I can play. I'm playing music through Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course the sound system sounds great now because I, I I changed out the door speakers and I'm driving around. I'm rem- it feels like I'm 18 again with yeah. the, with the sh- with the shit car and the nice sound yeah. system. But now the car is extremely comfortable to sit in. Because, I mean, the leather is, it's a little bit, like, it stiffens up because it's old, right? But, man, you sit in that seat and you sink into it. Mm -hmm. It feels super comfortable. And I'm just like, why the fuck am I getting rid of this? My question since the beginning. So, and I think when when you text me and all this stuff and I was like, what, to go get another 20-year-old GMT 800 with issues you don't know about? So, yeah. You know, to me, you've done so much into it, and you've done so much to it, and gotten into it so much. I'm kind of like, <clears throat> you're not going to find anything really any different unless you were to get, you know, the XL or a Suburban. And so, and that's part of the plan too. And so, I was talking to the mechanic, and he he asked me flat out. He goes, "What do you have into this car right now?" Because he knew I bought it in February. Yeah. I said, right now, with all the with all the repairs we've done, and the radio, every everything, twelve uh, five. And he said, let's say the transmission is thirty five hundred bucks to replace the transmission and torque converter. He goes, then you're into it for sixteen. And he just looked me dead in the eye and he said. Can you get a full size SUV for sixteen thousand dollars? You can't get you, you can't know. get a quarter of one for sixteen grand. And that so and that's what he was trying to tell me. He was trying to tell me drive it, let the transmission die if it die if it dies. Yeah, that was a big if. Because he's like, if you can drive this for two more years like this, just start putting some money away for it. You'll save. A, you don't have a car payment. Yeah. He goes, it's a third car. You're barely going to drive it. He goes. Use it for the thing you need it for. Why you got it, right? And he said, if you put a transmission in it and the interior is still in good shape, your paint's going to be peeling a little bit, but it's all going to work. Everything else is cheap to fix on this thing. He was like, you'll be into it for 16 and it'll be a brand new truck at that point. Yeah. 
He's like, that's just my two cents. I mean, you're not <laughs> even going to get a... So say you want to go to a dealer and buy a used Yukon XL Denali for 16 grand. You're probably looking at maybe a 2010 with a butt ton of miles on it. Who knows what it's been doing, where it's been, how many owners. At this point, you kind of know everything there is to know about it. I'm just like, let it ride. You know, you're already in. Um, you're not getting the money you put into it back out of it. Right. Right now you're looking at getting a little bit more more than half out of it. So right. I still say, you know, let's, uh, you know, keep it. And how I do with my older cars when I've had them is I just drive them until they die. <laughs> and the last one that died, died about a mile from the house. So it was easy to take care of. The transmission issue as well. Yeah. And I kind of wish I'd kept it um, because a new transmission would cost me a lot less than buying a new car, which is what I did. But uh, at the time, my situation was different. Um, so I do wish I had kept the car, but, you know, it is what it is. And now here we are because uh, I'm not I, I'm not impressed by new cars anymore. No. And the thing is, as a car person, as a car guy, I'm just not impressed by them. I. It's funny because like I'll see the old dude driving down Shore Acres Road with the with the old Mercedes, old E Class, mm-hmm. and the dude is probably a millionaire, lives in some huge house on the water somewhere. But the reason is because he's not pissing his money away on stupid new cars. You know, he found an E Class that'll last forever because they do, and that's what he drives around in. Doesn't care. You know, at some point nobody cares, and well, you know. You're going to find this hilarious because you want to know my version of that car that I kind of want. Mm-hmm. It's the um, the Lincoln Town Car <laughs> or the or Lincoln. Con- I don't I don't know the difference between the Continental and the Town Car. Okay, so of that era. Yeah, so the the Continental shared. I want to say it was Panther platform. They both did. Well, no, no, no. I'm sorry, not Panther. Um. Yeah, because the Town Car, Crown Victoria, Grand Marquis were Panther platform. So what was the Continental on? Was I it think smaller? The Continental was a little smaller. Was it? Shared a lot more with the Thunderbird Cougar. Oh. It was kind of the four-door version of that because also at the same time, Lincoln offered the Mark 8, which is on my list of like a 90s Mark 8. Late nineties Mark Eight was it a Town Car Mark Eight or was, no, was no. the Mark Eight Lincoln Mark Eight was uh, a coupe. Oh, so <clears> okay. <throat> I, yeah. I don't do two doors. Yeah, I need four. Yeah, so no, for me, mm-hmm. like oh, I'd get uh, like a, a ninety three Thunderbird SC or mm-hmm. uh, a, a Lincoln Mark Eight. Yeah, um, the Cougar I didn't really like too much because it had the the rear windshield, the rear window was straight up and down. And it, yeah, yeah, it kind of yeah, looked goofy, yeah. but the Thunderbird was, I love the Thunderbird and the Mark 8. So I'm going to look that up. I mean, Mark 8 may have been Panther, but it was, I remember it was a smaller, lighter car. And the Continental was a smaller, lighter car. See, I'm, so, bu- I'm bougie, man. I like the Lincoln versions. I know they're the same. Well, no, but, but the Mark 8 is the Lincoln, yeah. the Lincoln version of the 
um, they call them personal luxury coupes. Yeah, yeah. Which they kind of fell out of favor. Like now, rather than a personal luxury coupe, everyone drives a pickup truck. Like that's right. dad's car is a pickup truck. And the funny part about it, I saw a neat infographic about pickup trucks and how the proportion of cab and engine to bed has like flipped. So trucks used to be 60% bed yep. and 40% cab and engine. And now they're 60% cab and engine and 40% bed. And most of these douchebags ba- aren't putting anything in the bed of these trucks. They're not hauling stuff. You know, the days of the, if you want an eight foot bed, you got to buy a work truck. Though I almost bought a F two fifty, I'm glad I didn't because it was a it was a um, it was a six three, which uh, no I'm sorry a six four which is a complete pile of garbage, six <laughs> four um, diesel, but it was a crew cab with an eight foot bed. The thing was enormous. Yeah, and You're not parking that. Now, my wife would have had to drive this thing from time to time, and she would have played bumper cars all over the place in this damn thing. <laughs> Which is but, fine for your car. But you'd oh, owe everyone. Oh, <laughs> just go to the shopping, like, the, to the supermarket and be like, okay, how much money do you want? Like, <laughs> oh, look, first, let's find your car. Right. It's around here somewhere. It's, oh, it's underneath mine? Oh, sorry. Because <laughs> it, it just got punted. Right. <laughs> like, oh, your Mini Cooper got punted? <laughs> oh, wait, I found it. It's between my wheel wells. Yeah. <laughs> That's how small you are. It's in right. the bed of my truck. <laughs> right. You need, no, no need to call a tow truck. I'll just put it in the bed. It's fine. I'll yeah. lift it up in there for you. But now the pickup truck has kind of replaced that. And... um, But some of those, you know, like the Chevy Monte Carlo was a personal luxury coupe yeah um so yeah i i have always liked the mark 8 and the continental was always a good looking car I, I was always a fan of that the lincoln town car but there was a certain set of wheels it came with mm-hmm. it was almost like a, a, a concave wheel um and i, I wish i could remember like it's almost like a starburst pattern but it was like concave. It just it looks so good on that car. Mm-hmm. And event and so now that we're talking, I mean, we're talking about twenty year old cars, right? Essentially, yeah. So they so a lot of those luxury cars had the steering wheel audio controls. So you can literally and you can do what I did with the Yukon. You put in an aftermarket head unit, retain the steering wheel controls. Now you've got a car that's as modern technologically as any car you would buy today. Mm-hmm. And you don't have the nannies. You don't have the lane departure. You don't have the thing screaming at you if you're riding somebody's bumper too close. You know, you don't have the the thing that pushes you back in your lane, which is annoying as shit. You don't have the auto stop start, which I can't stand. Yeah, you have all the good tech with the luxury of a car where you sit in it. It's a fucking barca lounger. Yeah. Everybody's comfortable for the ride. Yeah, but none of the shit. Right. And like so oh just so the the ninety five to two Continental was the was actually front wheel drive and it was based on the same platform that Taurus Sable in the Windstar. Oh, okay. And then if you went to the eighth generation um Continental, which was actually not as good looking version, um, still Taurus Sable Windstar. So front wheel drive. Yeah. So yeah, because it says layout FF, right so that's front, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm interested what the Mark Eight was then. So the Mark Eight, which is going to be my next query, um, 
that was rear wheel drive. <clears throat> um, I'll be interested. I wonder if that used the Panther platform, but they just put it basically just did a two door version of the four door town car. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, again, I'm not sure I'm going to have to. And this is where one of the few things where I find Wikipedia to be like accurate it's really cars. Good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, front rear. Uh, so the platform was the Ford, the FN 10, which was the Thunderbird and, um, Cougar. So not the Panther platform, though. No, Panther is town car. Is was the big right. one. So, so just a smaller rear wheel drive platform, then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but bigger than a Mustang. But I think they put the same engines in it. They they used the four point six liter V eight in them, mm-hmm. in all of them. Yeah. Unless yeah. you, I, I, I wonder if the Lincoln's got a bigger one. I'm no, gonna... it says for four point six liter V eight. Huh. So, um, and that generation was ninety three to ninety eight on that Mark eight, and I remember the. The, the dashboard, like, cur- everything curved towards the driver. Yep. You see, like, felt like you're seeing, like, a little cockpit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they're super cool. If I could find one that was, uh, the problem is you never see them anywhere. It would almost be a cool car to have at Cars and Coffee because they're just not there. Because you, you know why? Because all the mechanics bought them. Yeah. The, every mechanic I know either drives a GMT 800 or a Ford Panther platform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they yeah. all have them. Um, yeah. So, now there's a little dealership down in Edgewater that I pass when I take the kids to school. Caddyshack uh, cars? Yeah. Yeah. And they've got, I think they have two town cars sitting down there. Do they? Yeah. Like, recently? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, one's maroon. See, I kind of do, to me, a town car needs to be either black or that white pearl. Oh, I, don't, I like that maroon. Do you? Oh, well, it's yeah, yeah. Down there for you. It's sitting there. And that thing is indestructible. I may I may have some plans for tomorrow for myself. Because <laughs> let's not forget, the Panther platform is what the Crown Victoria is built on, which police departments have been using for years, and those dudes beat the crap out of them. Yeah. So and the, all the taxi cabs, um, yeah, they're. I mean, but if you here's the thing though, if you find one with like ninety thousand miles on it, you know it wasn't a taxi. Oh no, the taxis yeah. always have like. 400,000 miles. Yeah, you know, it wasn't a police car either. Yeah. You know, um, or, well, a well, Lincoln, a Lincoln never, wouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, the Crown Victorias. Um, but they're pretty easy to, to determine the police. Plus, it's, um, if you look at the VIN code, you can see. Could you, but, um, if I end up going down there and the thing's like six dollars $7,000 for that town car, <laughs> if, I can, if I come home with it, you may have to protect me from my wife. But I'm not saying I won't come home with it. <laughs> I'll deal with the repercussions. Yeah, I have four cars. Right, like she's like, what are you? she's gonna be like, what are you starting to collect? Because another one I want, I, I want one of this. I want the second gen Navigator. Okay. So the first one looked sloppy to me. Mm-hmm. The second one was almost the same body, but they put a little bit bigger wheels on it. They put the running board, like they 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 made it a little more elegant. Yeah. It, and it wasn't the next generation, which had, like, the two boxes in front of, like, the driver and the passenger. That was so dumb. That looked retarded. And then, like, the radio got covered up by some plastic door. Yeah. It's so it's not, why it's did not they do that? that? It was the one before that. Yeah. Where it, ha- it shared a lot more with the uh, with the Expedition still. Mm-hmm. But had the... I thought the front end on those things just looked awesome. The yeah. Aviator had a very similar front end, even though it was, explore- it was like, an Explorer Extended. Yeah. But... It had the front end of the Navigator that just, like, it looks so elegant. And I mm-hmm. had an 04 Aviator. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing, it's very similar to the situation I have now with the Yukon. I thought I had a transmission issue. 
So I traded it and he got something else. I've regretted that decision. See? And you're getting ready to go down the same path. I know. You're going to regret it. Don't do it. Unless you go down there and buy a town car. Well, but then I, there's but reason then to lose, get both. But then you... Oh, you're going to get both of them? Oh, no. I wouldn't sell the 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 Yukon. And I, I'm like, I'm trading the Yukon in to get the... No, I'm having... I want the Yukon and the town car. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You might have to protect me from my wife. Oh. Should I have the downstairs... Uh, uh, Couch ready? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I might be staying around for a while. Well, um, one of the couches, the the love seat, is actually your old couch. So, oh. so um, it'll be it'll be familiar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other one though, the sectional I got from some of the neighborhood, they put it on Facebook. So I went and grabbed it. So there's that one. So what you're saying is there's there's room for me to sleep. Sure. Yeah. Okay. There's even a blanket down there. Yeah. I, I think if I brought home another car, she might kill me. Because she 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 knew I had. This problem when we got married, right. that, that I like cars, yeah, and I like to swap them out often, mm-hmm. and, and she's kind of rolled with the punches because I mostly haven't changed out her car. Um, You're not messing with her stuff. Well, not a lot, but I have. <laughs> um, for Ooh. her, like, I, I, oh no, it's six thousand, isn't it? No, it's seventy nine hundred. But I'm sure you can talk. Ooh, I, I could easily get that down to seven. It's got 134,000 miles on it. Let me guess. It's immaculate inside. It's a 2011. Oh. Which is the last year they made them. Yeah. That means all the all the problems got worked out by then. Yeah. Let's see. And probably no. And, it, and it's maroon. And it probably has no cracks in the seeds. Is it the light tan interior? Yep. Oh. Does it have the wood on the steering wheel? It does. No. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> steering wheel controls? Yep. Oh, jeez. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> God. Yeah. It doesn't have nav or anything, but I don't think they ever put it in. No, this. they never did. I can, wait, that's a that's a $600, $700 thing I put in. Yeah. I can, and I can do it myself. It has, like, the round analog clock on the dash. Mm. Um. The, oh, no. the electronic, like, the little green digital display for the climate control. Yeah. Um, let's see. Ooh, the back seat's nice and big. Yeah. You can kill some miles in this thing. Not that, not that we're making pornos over here, but I'm about to... <laughs> I, might, I might end up uh, finishing over here. <laughs> Keep describing. Like, you want every, me to fill out your name? <laughs> it has, like, every option I want. <laughs> And and it's clean on the interior. Yeah, Ooh, boy, was that clean on the inside? Clean on the outside? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the that's the problem with the older cars. The interiors get beat to shit. So see, when you I, one that and I actually like these wheels that are like the. So I'm not sure how many spokes it has. Actually, it probably has. So it's like the 12 spoke, but they're like flat. I'm gonna send it to you. I shouldn't have done this. Um, so I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize that I contributed to this. <laughs> my um, disease. Yeah. <laughs> you attributed my, to my, my vice. Yeah. Oh man. So, um, but yeah, you're going to. Because think of it this way though. Eventually these cars are just too old to own mm-hmm. and I'll never be able to own one because they don't make them anymore. Right. Yeah, of course, they make a Yukon now, but the Yukon now looks like a bloated barge. Right. And, and then the inside is that, first of all, 
Why does everything have to be a sports sedan? It's a full-size SUV. Yeah. The seats don't need to be rock hard. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And then they have screens everywhere. The interiors are like 90s and 2000, early 2000s cars were just like nice, you know? They didn't have screens everywhere. If it had a screen, it didn't dominate everything. Isn't that nice? Yes. <laughs> don't mind me. I'm just going to I'm just gonna be over here. <laughs> so, is there... Oh, there's a rag right there. <laughs> Don't mind that noise underneath the table. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. See, I love those rims. See, I like those. See, I don't like those. You like the ones that are like the the concave. Old, yeah, they're from the older model. Yeah. Yeah, they're not from this model. I bet you could probably find some, though. Oh, I probably could. Oh, wait a minute. It, hold on, though. We found some cra- cracks. Oh, no, it does have the... All right, so the steering wheels beat the shit. Yeah, but you just figured out how to fix that. I did. I, I, didn't, I just explained that, didn't I? Yeah. I should, maybe I shouldn't have learned how to do that. The, I, I, I don't see a picture of the driver's side seat on the edge. It, they, so they're, I don't know if they're hiding it. Like, I can see like the front part of it. It's definitely cracked. So this thing might not be super clean on the interior. Yeah. Um, doesn't look like there's a sunroof either. I might have to pass on this one. See, I'm not a big sunroof guy. Both of my... I don't use it. I just want to know it's there. Both of our cars have them. We never use it. Yeah. Every now and then, if I drive... So, like, I'll take the boys somewhere to Fusion. And we'll roll all the windows down and open the sunroof and blast some music and, you know, have That's fun. The best. You know, but that's, the best. that's rarely like, we, like, cause I don't really ever drive that car. So, um, and then the van has the sunroof and you know, that thing I open up and my wife's like, yeah, it's letting too much sun in. So it's a sunroof. Speaking of a Sienna, I did see a 2009 Sienna mm-hmm. with like in this, with the second row that had the, like the, the, the leg rest. Oh, the, uh, limited. So it, they said it was an XLE, but it had those. The second row seats had the the recliner f- feature, yeah, where the where the leg rest comes up from underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, had about a hundred. I think it had one hundred and ten thousand miles. What they want for twenty grand? Nine. Really? Hmm. I look. Uh, now that car prices are starting to come down, this is like the worst case scenario for me, because now the cars that I really want. Are now back in my price range, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh man! Not that look, a Toyota. Like you've got a Toyota Sienna. Yeah, you probably didn't want the Toyota Sienna at first, right? It's a minivan. Nobody goes there. Want me? I see that. Thing. No, no, twelve year old kid or a ten year old kid goes to the book fair at school and comes out like a boss with, you know, um, a Goosebumps book and a poster of a minivan. No. It's a Lamborghini Countach, you know. But those vans, man, it it wasn't the Dodge, it wasn't the Plymouth Voyager that was tiny as shit. Those Siennas were big and long, and they were, they, they, they soft and cruise. We, we got rear-ended in our minivan, well, my wife did, I wasn't there, but we hadn't even owned it for a year yet, so... It goes, you know, it goes to get fixed. The loaner we had was a Pacifica, 
and I felt it was small. Yes. Now a buddy of mine has a Pacifico that's like the like it's got like every option. He's got like red leather seats in it. It looks cool. Yeah. But in the end, it's still a Chrysler product, and I'm still leery of it. So growing up, that's what we had. We had I remember we had a '89 Plymouth Voyager that was the short version, mm-hmm. and it didn't even have window tint on it, so it was like a fishbowl. <laughs> And then that died, and my parents bought a Dodge Grand Caravan. The only reason they bought it from this particular Dodge dealership is because they were driving the Voyager, and it made it to that dealership and died. My dad's like, no, we're buying a car here. (laughs) (laughs) And he parked it, and, like, they went out to evaluate the trade. Like, oh, yeah, we'll give you whatever. And he's like, I'll take it. Yeah, sure, whatever. They kind of looked at him like, you don't want to, like, no, I'll take it. <laughs> like they hadn't gone out to start it yet, <laughs> right? Or move it, which it wasn't going to do. Your dad's like, no take backs. Yeah, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> um, so yeah, like that's probably one of the only times the dealer got screwed. <laughs> but uh, we had them, and they were, I mean, they were okay, you know. But it was still like the '96, like that was classic '90s. Chrysler cab forward, like the ridiculous tacky cloth seats, and you know, but it was a grand caravan, so it had more space in it. Yeah, but um, now I will say, having owned a town and country prior to the Sienna, which is why we bought the Sienna because the town and country got destroyed in a uh, flash flood, right? The stow and go was awesome, yeah, like to just be able to flip the seats down with the Sienna, I can flip the back seats out of the way. But the middle row, I have to remove. Now, they're heavy, but I, I mean, I have no problem with them. If my wife had to move them by herself, she'd probably have an issue, especially the left-hand one, because the left-hand one is the left seat plus the cradle for the little uh, jump seat that turns it into eight-passenger. So it's a heavier, you know, mm-hmm. lift. But I'd pull them out and just put them in the front yard and then do what I have to do and then, you know, go about my day. But, uh, yeah, it's... You know, I'll tell you what, though, if you want to kill some miles, I'll kill miles in that Sienna, just like you will in your in your town car. Until, yeah, until it, until it dies. Because <laughs> <laughs> they can't figure out what the problem is. Yeah, so. I think I'd be more apt to keep it if they could just be sure of what the problem is. Yeah. I just, I just don't like not knowing. Uh, well, you know what, sometimes you just have to let things, at least it's on an airplane. True. You know, where, yeah. like, it stops running and. Now you got to land somewhere quickly. <laughs> Listen, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I I think it's fun um, to – I'd keep it. But the town car, if that's something that's been on your bucket list, you know. It, it's um, kind of there. The thing is, like, I just – I love those the, that vintage car. Yeah. 90s, early 2000s, before everything became trying to pretend it's a sports sedan – and then just tech. And, of course, EVs. We all know how I feel about EVs. Um, but I don't want to get in a car and look at different screens. And all they do is brag about their tech. Oh, it does this, it does this. First of all, half these fuckers don't know how to use any of that shit anyway. I don't use half of it. Like, the yeah. voice control, how come we are still in... So it's 2023, and you push the voice command in the car, and I'll say, you know... Um, you know, call my wife. And it's like, 
Call Spizico? Like, no, I don't want a pizza. Actually, I kind of want a pizza. <laughs> right. That's not who I want to call right now. He knows what you want more than you know what you and want. And then I'm like trying to, and it's like just getting shit wrong. Yeah. Voice, it's dumb. You know, I don't need the car to um, do all this crap for me and order me theater tickets like they show in the commercials. Like, oh, I see you're driving by the theater. Do you want to go to the theater? Oh, sure. I have $400. I can piss away on seeing a dumb, oh, let's park. And they show like the smug look and people like, oh, I'm, and they look at the rearview mirror like, mm-hmm, I'm so fucking cool. But I don't want all that shit. Like, I like an analog radio that I'm not going to use, but actual switches, not pushing a screen, you know, on the Fusion to change the where the AC comes out. I have to go into some menu on the screen. What happens when the screen stops working? Right. You know, um, the the even now where the analog gauge cluster is, it's all screens. The new Mustang, you can make it look, now it is kind of cool, like you can switch it to like a Fox body appearance. So it'll look like the gauges did, in a 94 Mustang GT, or a 92 Mustang GT. Right. You know, but again, it's gimmicky nonsense. Most people are just going to leave it set on one thing. So, um, you know, I don't need some stupid crossover uh, or a Corvette SUV, which they're coming out with. Well, let's talk about that. Because the only thing, the only one thing I'll say on the other thing, with Android Auto, the voice recognition on that thing is amazing. Like I can get, I'll get in the car, I'll hit the button, and I'll say, "Navigate to Chick Fil A," and it literally, it just because based on my location, it, it will navigate me to Chick Fil A. Yeah. Or I can say, "Navigate to," uh, and I'll say like my father in law's name, mm-hmm. and it'll navigate me to his address. Like you don't have to, I don't have to type it in. The voice recognition with Android Auto and and Apple Car plays the same. Yeah. The the that tech. Like, someone did the car company's work for them. Why are you now trying to make me deal with this inferior product you have? Yeah. When, if you allowed for wireless Android Auto or wireless Apple CarPlay, they did it. They cracked the code. You wouldn't have to do any of it. Right. And so, like, the town and country, I think Chrysler's system's called Uconnect or something. Yep. Uconnect with... With and a Chrysler it, and Dodge. In order to change a cell phone out, you get a new phone, you couldn't connect it Bluetooth just manually through menus. You had to use the voice activated. Mm-hmm. So, like, to add a new phone, say, add new phone. I'm like, okay, add new phone. You know, and then it's like, well, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't get that. Dude, let me just do it. Right. Like, why am I going through all this bullshit that I can very easily just go and pair it. Like, I can pair my watch, my headset. Every other device that's blue, paired via Bluetooth is so easy, except you. Right. So. Well, and the the one system that, I, I don't know who got paid to figure this one out, but the Mazda system, because we rented a 2022 Mazda CX-9 mm-hmm. when we went to Buffalo for a wedding. Oh, the other sports sedan crossover. Yeah. I don't get the hype for those things. I'm sorry. Like. I, th- I think we talked about this a while back when we actually rented it. the The user interface for that center screen sucked. It was the, it was not intuitive at all. Like my wife usually knows she can. Like, I'm fairly tech savvy, but she can figure out all this shit pretty quick. And even she was like, "I don't know what the fuck to do in this thing." Yeah, 
you know, this is stupid. Like it had one of the it had like the dial thing, and then it wasn't touchscreen, even though everyone's used to fucking touchscreens. Now yours isn't a touchscreen, so yeah. I can see it right there. I can't touch it and make it go back. I got to figure it out through the stupid fucking dial that that rotate that spins. It spins, and then you can move it side to side, yeah. and then press it down. But, but and then think. certain things to select it, you press it down. But other things, you push it forward or left or right. And, yeah, and that was what, like just trying to connect my phone and, and use Android Auto was a nightmare. Yeah, and so. It, it was funny that, like, in, our, in my in my Chevy Equinox, it's like two steps and you're connected and it's ready to go. I'm like, that's how it should be for all cars. Like, yeah. stop making your shit more complicated. The phone does all your work. All the brains are in the phone. Yeah. All it's it's like casting to a it's like a monitor. Just treat it like a monitor. But I also don't need the monitor to take up a third of the dashboard. No. Well, I mean, you know, you know what's going to happen though, and they've already talked about this. You're going to have to pay a monthly fee for features in your car. Oh, yeah. And, well, and it's going to be operated through that screen. Mm-hmm. So, like, you you thought you purchased a car with heated seats. Oh, well, for $3.99 a month you did. Yeah. You get heated seats for $4 a month. You want lane departure assist? $5 a month. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where this is going. Yeah, Toyota's already doing it. Oh yeah, um, they're going to implement that further, though. Yeah, and the thing is, and I think we talked about this before. Where, like, if I just spent a hundred grand on an S class, there is no. F- so if I had a hundred, uh, if I had that kind of coin to drop on the car, I easily have the fourteen ninety nine Mercedes Benz Connect, whatever sort of bullshit they marketed it as. But at that point, if I already spent a hundred thousand dollars on the car, I shouldn't have to spend another fourteen ninety nine a month. To be able to use my heated leather seats or to be able to use the navigation system or to be able to do all this stuff that you said it could do. You know what? I'll go buy the 04 S-Class, which looks better anyway, mm-hmm. and I'll just rock the hell out of that thing. I, you love, know? I love that S-Class, yeah. by the way. That, that, that year S-Class? Oh, yeah. The 04 to 06? Yeah. <sighs> like, and, I'll get a, and I'll get an 04 E-Class as my daily. Like, there we go. Done. Screw you. And that's where I'm getting to the point now where when... This, when these cars, so first of all, that Sienna, I'm going to drive it till the wheels fall off of it. If I need to replace it with a with a big vehicle to fit everyone in, I'm going to go and look for an old Suburban, an old Yukon, something like that. And screw you people, you know, um, because when you look at the cost of these vehicles now, to me, there's no value in it. So some ad popped up on my phone for... You know, it was advertising new force. An Explorer. So a Ford Explorer, not an XL, not crap, like not a Hertz special, but like one of the actual stuff you'd want. It's like $58,000. I'm not spending that on a midsize SUV. That has a ton of problems. Yeah. So I'm not doing it. So I'd rather spend 5800 bucks on an old truck that, okay, so... Drop a new engine, drop a new train. I'm still nowhere close to fifty eight thousand yeah. dollars. That the second I drive it off the lot, it's worth half what I paid for it. I'm upside down on it for five years. It's not worth it to me. You know, you have an eight hundred dollar a month car payment. Like, is this a mortgage or is this a car payment? I mean, you think about it this way: you spend seven, eight thousand dollars on one of those old cars. Yeah, you're right. Even if you drop an engine, transmission, so add five grand. Mm-hmm. For both, 
not each for like total. Okay, so now you're into it for 10, 11, 12? Yeah. You're you're still miles ahead. As long as it's rust-free and the interior is in good shape. Everything else is replaceable and it's cheap to fix. Yeah. That S-Class, the new S-Class, if you need to fix that, that's a four grand bill just to, to fix you know, like a, a shock. Yeah. It's a four grand fix. A brake job is $1,000. Yeah. An oil change is $400 yep. on an S-Class. One of our friends has a BMW. He oh. told me he pays two hundred, like two hundred dollars for his oil change, and this is like a, it was on like an 06 BMW. Yeah, but he's still going to the dealer. Like, dude, stop going to the dealer. Yeah, <laughs> like Jiffy Lube will take care of that for you for eighty seven dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and they'll it's the same fucking oil. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it's just. But then going, uh, talk about other useless stuff though. I mean, you were talking about that Corvette SUV. Yeah. Ford did this with the stupid fucking Mustang Mach-E. I've said fucking like 50 times in this. I do apologize for that, but I don't. So Ford, like they're they're taking the mon- these moniker names. and they're putting- Iconic names. Sorry. You could go to the middle of the desert in Iraq and find somebody like, hey, Trent. Do you know what a Ford Mustang is? And I guarantee you they could be they these they'll be oh yeah. Yeah. In some iteration mm-hmm. of it, whether it's a 65 or what everyone knows what the Mustang is. But now they're and they came out with the Mach E Mustang, mm-hmm. which is an all electric SUV. Like why is why is that a Mustang? Yeah. Because you put a Mustang badge on it? Right. It has no it shares nothing of the heritage of a right. Mustang. I'm a Mustang. Right, right, right. I mean, it's you're literally like one of those kids. Like you're one of the kids that went to school and says, "I'm a cat." Yeah. No, you're not a fucking cat. Well, that's not a Mustang, right? So, guess it's even. (laughs) Well, now, and and then you were you were talking about the Corvette SUV. Yeah. And there's a Lamborghini SUV, a Ferrari SUV. Ferrari SUV. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. You don't get to make that shit. I'm sorry. There's no Corvette SUV. GM, you have 10,000 SUVs. Right. Call this SUV something else. Call it the XT5V. Yeah. You've got the V badge for Cadillac already. Mm-hmm. Use it on your SUVs, but don't call it a Corvette. And, and when I'm looking at a picture of it, so Chevrolet had the Trailblazer, which, do they still have the Trailblazer? Yeah, yes. Don't get me started on the, what Chevy did with the Trailblazer and the Blazer. They have both of them back now. Yeah. They're both fucking shit. And the Corvette looks like a trailblazer or no no not trailblazer it looks like a blazer so um you're gonna turn an iconic name into a freaking econo box suv all your you're going back to 80s and 90s gm badge engineering the corvette was always left out of it ah let's throw the corvette in there so i'm looking at car and driver um and they're saying it's a corvette badge performance suv that they're excited about um Engine choices, you're going to love this. For a Corvette. Don't tell me a four-cylinder. Don't. Nope. Turbocharged nope. four-cylinder. Oh, fucking A. On the low end, God, up to a servo supercharged 6.2 uh, V8 in the top. So, and then it's a, you know, in the top ZO something performance model, we expect Chevy to reveal this controversial vehicle later this year. Car and driver of old, when Brock Yates was the editor 
and John Phillips was writing op-eds and all this stuff in it would have been shitting on this thing mercilessly. And they're here talking. And I'm like, why aren't you murdering this car? You should be destroying it. Um, but they're just drinking the EV Kool-Aid too. Uh, apparently, they're going to redo the Dodge Charger for 24. But it's going to be the Charger EV. Knowing the electrical problems that Chrysler vehicles have, <laughs> now you're going to power it with it. You're not going to get off the dealer lot before yeah, it, good it breaks, luck. and you got to. You well, by that time, you, you've already bought it, so yeah. you're literally going to drive it from the dealer lot to the service bay. Yeah. So then they're talking about um, power range from 455 horsepower for the 340 model with the mid-level 440, which is blasphemy. Uh, calling it that, packing 590 horsepower, and then the Banshee, supposed to beat every gas-powered Hellcat uh, imaginable. Okay, that's fine. Until it runs out of charge, and you have to sit there for, for 40 minutes to, to an hour, whatever, to charge the stupid thing. Don't, and how many launches do you get out of that? And don't get me started, don't get me started on Dodge and naming naming their, their car levels now. Hellcat, Banshee... Uh, Jumper, jumperoo, scat pack, scat, scat pack, like that shit works with one iteration of the car. Yeah. Now I don't know what the I don't know which one's the fastest now. Yeah. Is the scat pack faster? Yeah. Is the Hellcat faster? Is the Rally E faster? <laughs> How about or if I go to the Durango, is it the Crew that's faster or the Citadel that's that's bigger? What which like back in the day. And I feel like Ford and Nissan kind of got it right. For Ford, it was XL, mm-hmm. XLT, mm-hmm. and Limited. Yep. And then or, you had or, like. Or maybe you had Eddie Bauer and then Limited. Yeah. Right? Okay. With, with Chevy, it was LS, LT, LTZ. And, and LTZ. And then and, LTZ Premium was another one they added on. But and, but then you had SS, which was. So the, it was and you knew it was, the SS was the. Was the balls to the wall, big engine. Yeah. So Nissan had the XE, the SE, and the, it was GLE, but then became the LE. So it was, yeah. it was XE, SE, LE. Yeah. Like you you knew where they all stood. And then if it had an R in there for a lot of the Japanese cars, you knew that was the, like, SER, like the yeah, Sentra the SE, SER. Yeah, SER for Nissan. Yeah. Yeah. Or Type R for yeah. Acura. Except then Acura had a Type A and then a Type R. And then Type SH. And Type S. It's like, uh, you people fucking suck. I, I, I still have a problem with Chevy doing the Blazer and the Trailblazer. If I, if I, I'll pose a question. Equinox, Trax, Blazer, Trailblazer. Can you put them in order for me from smallest to largest? Trax, Equinox, Blazer, Trailblazer. You'd be wrong. Really? Trax is the smallest. Okay. Trailblazer is the next smallest. Blazer is the next smallest. And then Equi- the Equinox is bigger than all of them. Oh, I went opposite. I was at the smallest to biggest. Oh, so you were saying... I went smallest to biggest. Right, so but you said, you said Trax... Trax is the smallest. Yeah, and then Equinox. Equinox. Right, the Equinox is the biggest. I thought that... What, what's the, the big mid-size SUV they have? That's the Trailblazer, right? Traverse. Traverse. Yeah, that's, that's the it. big boy. Yeah. Which, so, but the, 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 the Blazer 
I could see being smaller. But the Blazer was like a rugged, outdoorsy. Like, it was like the Bronco for four. It was four. an S10. Right. The Trailblazer. In fact, the original Blazers were called S10 Blazers. Yeah. Just like the full-size Blazer was called the K5 Blazer, which then became the two-door Tahoe, which then just was dumped in just the Tahoe. But And then like the Trailblazer was the inline six big SUV for big it was mid-sized but and then they did the EXT so you could do like the three rows in that thing like if anything Chevy should have either slotted it between the Equinox and the Traverse or made it bigger than the Traverse on a car platform because you already got the t- you already got the trucks now yeah like the truck platforms the Yukons and and, and, and Suburban like you already have that but you don't bring it back as a subcompact SUV. Yeah. You're just pissing on the legacy of that thing. Yeah. Never mind the fact you're putting a four-cylinder when the original had that super inline six. Mm-hmm. Like, you couldn't beat those things. No. Like, no. They're still driving out there right now. Yeah. It would almost be like if Jeep came out, came back out with the, not the Cherokee, because they still have the Cherokee, but that's the Cherokee Limited or whatever the hell they Grand Cherokee. You want to get me started on that too? They came out with the Cherokee, but they made it a like crossover subcompact. S subcompact SUV. Yes. Which they actually never mind. They did that and it sucks. Right. Um But the naming convention for, for Jeep I no creativity. Cherokee, which is a car based SUV and not the what the original Cherokee was, then you have it's the trail rated. Then you got the Grand Cherokee, mm-hmm. the Grand Cherokee L, the Durango. Then you have the Grand Wagoneer, which is a hundred thousand dollars, and then the Grand Wagoneer L, which is one hundred twenty thousand yeah. dollars. Who can afford that shit? Who's spending a hundred grand on something made by Chrysler? I, I don't. I'm not spending a hundred grand on anything with a bow tie on it. That's but that's the other thing. It's made by Chrysler. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, Stellantis. Is that what they are now? They're owned there. They're owned by Stellantis. Fiat owns it. It's all still Fiat, basically. But they call again, it. Tony. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like you're. Look, maybe maybe this is the get off my lawn moment, but it's like you're ruining car name. You're ruining cars for me now. Yeah. Which makes me not want to buy any of your shit. Right. I I'm even though I have two of them. <laughs> yeah. But um, so this is something that'll piss you off, which I can't wait. Isn't. <laughs> Nothing that you, we, you or I would ever buy, unless you are like part of the cartel. I don't know about it. Mm. Um, the twenty twenty four Ferrari Puro Sangue, which is a Ferrari SUV. Now, when Porsche started doing it, they came out with the Cayenne, and then they have the Macan or whatever, and they're the Cayenne. The Cayenne came out at the same time the Touareg came out, and the Audi Q7, I think. Yep. They didn't put the third row in the the Touareg, though. Right. They put it in the Q7. Now, the Touareg diesel was a beast. Um, I remember I went to the DC Auto Show and sat in one, and I'm looking around, and, like, there's switches and buttons. It it, it was like you're sitting on a flight deck of a 747. Like, there had buttons. Like, it had, like, an overhead console, switch console, right? Um, They had a version called the Executive. It was the Touareg Executive. mm -hmm. It was a fucking... It it was a Porsche Cayenne. Yeah. Except you could buy it for a lot less. Yeah. As a VW. So then they had the Cayenne, which you you can get a used Cayenne for, like, $2,000, 
10 grand. Yep. Now, would I ever own an out of warranty Porsche? No. But nor would I own an out of warranty the other two either. Right. But they have it and it's there. So they did it. Okay, whatever. But Ferrari and Lamborghini has the Ursus or whatever. So which, did you really need an SUV? Is which one is Lamborghini or Ferrari just uh, owned by VW? Uh, Lamborghini. That's why they did it. Yeah, because there's the remember the Audi. They're literally taking they're taking the page out of GM. Yeah, and, and Ford with the badge engineer. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Yeah, and it it's fucking shameful. Yep. You don't make a Ferrari SUV. No. No. Uh, Enzo Ferrari is rolling around in his grave right now. Oh. Um. So this thing. It's going to go up against the lengths, the the likes of the Bentley, Bentayga, yeah. Lamborghini uh, Urus, yeah. and Rolls Royce Conan. Now the Bentley and the Rolls Royce don't bother me as much because they're just making a big, heavy, obnoxious SUV as opposed to a big, heavy, obnoxious car. Right. Um, what but else? They're, they they're not sports here? car brands. No. Oh, there's the Hummer EV, which is just. It's stupid. Hey, t- t- tell me a car that's not going to sell without telling me a car that's not going to sell. <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna take this name brand that people know from Arnold Schwarzenegger driving an H one down California highways, and we're gonna make it an EV. Yeah, and think it's gonna entice the same buyers. Right. I don't. Th- it, unfortunately, these people don't don't realize right now what's happening with the EV market. Nobody's buying them. Well, here's another one. Honda is now getting into it, and they're one of the holdouts. Um, oh, it's going to be a crossover. So don't they have they have the pilot they have the pilot back? No, but this is not the pilot. I'm sorry. Uh, passport, which is completely undistinguishable from the pilot in every way, right. except it doesn't have a third row. Right. Um, this one is the Honda Prologue. Pisses me off because it used to. Remember the old Prelude, right? Yeah, a buddy of mine had one. Oh, they did not do that. I, I, I just love put two and two together. The Prelude, yeah. This is the, the prologue. prologue. Are you kidding me? But it's a crossover and an EV. So let's add the two things I hate the most and associate it with something that I love, being the Prelude, which the Prelude always came out to introduce like something new, right? My first, so like my first car was an eighty-five Prelude. And then, so the 80, I don't remember what they had new, but like the, the next generation had like the four wheel steering. Actually, that may have been the 85. And then, so my buddy had the Prelude um, Type SH, which had some sort of handling stuff. And then Sh- also super had. Super handling all wheel drive. Yeah. That's when he first came out. Yep. And. Which is it, amazing, by the way. The car was cool. It was small, but it was quick. It, it was decent on gas. Um, it was one of the you know they put it had a you know the the it had a VTEC VTEC heads so like that was all pulling directly out of the um other oh, F1 cars yeah so that's what the prelude is it took stuff from and that's why they call it the prelude like this is the prelude to what we're going to do next and now every Honda has VTEC and now everybody so like my Sienna has VVTI you know it's all the same yep um, just variable valve timing. That's all VTEC is. But uh, it's just there stands for variable, variable valve timing electronic control, VTEC. Um, but but now they're making it an EV, which is just boring. Um, 
there's a Lexus electrified sport. Uh, Lexus and Toyota, Toyota. Toyota said they're getting out of the electric game. Um, now whether they get completely out, I don't know. But Toyota's been doing. Toyota does hybrids extremely well. Yeah, they were the first, and they sell a shit ton of them. Yeah. Until they start seeing sales decline a ton, and the only reason why, well, technically they are right now, but it's because they can't manufacture cars. Um. And their dealers are screwing them over right now. Um, but Toyota can't keep cars in stock. People mm-hmm. are buying and waiting eight months to get one. Mm-hmm. Now, once they get their supply issues fixed, for, for whatever reason, Toyota still has supply issues. Go figure. But people will buy Toyotas because yeah. Toyotas do one thing. They run. Well, look at look at what Land Cruisers are going for. Try to find a used Land Cruiser somewhere. Yeah, not Land Cruiser. I'm sorry, um, Land Rover. No, well, the Land Cruiser, of course, but then Forerunner. Oh, forget that. Forerunners are going for stupid money, like yeah. sixty grand for. Are you out of your? But that's just the the market will pay it. You try to find a used one. So, like, oh, let me see if I can find like a ten year old Forerunner, and yeah, you can get one for twenty grand. It's gonna have two hundred thousand miles on it. You you want to know one that's even harder to find? And they're and, and this is one of the same, but they're badged differently. The Lexus LX five seventy mm-hmm. and the Toyota Land Cruiser. Yeah. Try and find one of those without two hundred fifty thousand miles on the market right now. Yeah. You'll find. I think I saw one, mm-hmm. and it had two hundred seventy five thousand yeah. miles on it, and it was a little beat to shit on the inside. Mm-hmm. When people buy those. And I don't, I, I don't want to stereotype, but I feel like a lot of immigrant families that own their own businesses own those. Yeah. They buy them. They they make the payments for like the first five years. And when the payments are up, they literally keep them forever. Yeah. But that's why they buy those because they know they'll run forever. Yeah. And they never let them go. Essentially, it's like the SUV version of the Toyota Hilux yeah. from whatever country was driving around with a Soviet, uh, you know, BMP machine gun mounted on the back of it. Yeah. And now they, they get the super luxurious version of it mm-hmm. and it runs forever. But yet you never see those for sale. Like an O, if, just, I mean, I'm telling you, if you look for like an 05, 06 Lexus LX570, because you won't find a newer one than that. Yeah. You you might find one in a fifty mile radius. Yeah, and it'll have two, over two hundred thousand miles. Yep. On it, guaranteed. Same thing. Land cruisers. There's even less of those because mm-hmm. now they're collectible. Oh yeah, and then there's the new one. But oh, I found another one. You're gonna love this. Okay. You, did you ever own a Maxima? You had an Altima. I had an Altima. But what do you think Maxima? What do you think? I think six speed manual V six three with a three point five. I think uh, a two two thousand one two thousand two. With a 3.5 liter V6 manual. And then this little sticker on the back that says 4DSC, which was four-door sports car. A little sticker on the window. So that's the older, that's even yeah. older than the ones I'm talking about. So here we go. Nissan is preparing to launch an electric sedan on the same platform as the Aria cl- crossover. And we <clears throat> think we'll wear the storied Nissan Maxima nameplate. However, it looks just like a freaking crossover. So are they turning the Maxima into a crossover? The problem with it, this is this has been a problem for them for years with the Maxima. It's almost the exact same size as the Altima. Yeah. 
There's, and the Ultima was a lot cheaper. Yep. You just cannibalized your own sales. Well, I'm trying to say, well, this is the this is the four door sports coupe. But then when they put the when you get an Ultima with the 3.5 liter V6, yep, and a much lighter vehicle, like what's the yeah? You basically just sold. You're trying to sell me a little different design version of the same car for ten thousand more. Mm-hmm. Nah, no one bid on that shit. So oh, they're 2025. They're going to bring back the. Uh, they're going to have the Boxster and Cayman, but it's going to be an EV, so no thanks. Uh, 2024, this is actually cool, the Ram Dakota. So it's going to be a mid... So everyone's going back to the mid-sized trucks. The Dodge Dakota, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it will... It's going to cost less than a Gladiator. But... Um, but here, but the, here's the problem with all this, though. And this is a, this is for trucks in particular. So for years, when when Ford stopped selling the Ranger, they got everybody accustomed to being able to afford an F-150. Yeah. Like, you could get a base model four-door F-150 for, like, 30 grand. And that was an affordable truck. Had cloth seats, maybe, but it it didn't really lack too much in the department of, like, uh, of niceties. Um. But then they brought out the range. Then they brought back the, the the Ranger and then the Maverick. And Toyota's kind of been doing this for years with the tight with the 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 the, with the Tundra and the Tacoma. Mm-hmm. People realized that they could get away. They they didn't need the full size truck for most of these truck tr- guys that wanted trucks. The Tacoma was just fine. Yeah, and Toyota didn't make it look like a car. They had it lift. It was lifted up like a truck, and oh, yeah. they had four. But they had four doors like a truck. The back seat wasn't super large, whereas like the F one fifty had like a huge back seat yeah. where like a grown adult could sit in the back, and your knees weren't anywhere near the front seat. And then now, what they did was though, the F one fifty is now like fifty five, sixty grand for the base, but you could pick up a Ranger for thirty five. Yeah. For 30 to 35. And you can imagine for 20. Imagine yeah. for 20. Yeah. But in everybody's mind, they see the Ford is the Ford truck. The F-150 is the Ford truck. Yeah. I don't want a Ranger. Yeah. I want the truck. Mm-hmm. Whereas Toyota's got everyone thinking a Tacoma is still a full, uh, still a, a full truck. Yeah. So Ford's got to get and, and it's like Chevy and the Colorado. I feel like the Colorado name sucks well because the first colorado sucked right and that garbage five-cylinder engine they but, should they should have called it the chevy s10 yeah that's what the, that's when they should have brought the s10 name back was on that truck mm-hmm. and i bet you it would have sold a ton but i mean chevy well chevy also has the avalanche yeah and i feel like the colorado smaller than the avalanche or they're very similar in size but my thing is get your mids get one mid-sized truck call it the s10 mm-hmm be done with it. Yeah, People would buy that. Yeah, the Colorado's got a shit name to it. The Avalanche has got that weird thing on the back. It's like, eh, like, I would love to know who, like, through the car development process, like, how do these dumbass decisions get through? Yeah, like, who signed off on this? Right, right. Like, I look at that thing. I'm like, I would never buy that. Yeah, and like. Because of the stigma, it's like no one ever, like, it's like they didn't focus group any of this shit. Yeah. 
to see how people felt about it. Or they did, and they said, ah, what the fuck did they know? Or they didn't invite guys like us. They just invited a bunch of Gen Z douchebags to yeah. So this is going to be my ending. Okay. Okay? So this is the last one. And I'm, I give up after this because I'm done. <laughs> when you think of the Subaru Impreza WRX STI, what do you think? So I think like So my mind goes directly back to the older style of WRX, which yeah. is a four-door four-door sedan, kind of squatty, mm-hmm. a little bit like not the super like STI that had like the fucking huge exhaust and shit, but like the WRX was like sporty-ish, had was lowered, had the little bit bigger rims, uh had the doors that opened that had the frameless windows. So I see the one that I built in Gran Turismo, okay, which had a freaking nasty turbocharger, yeah, kind of boy racer ish, but mm-hmm. it's cool because it's legit. Um, We're on the same page. Subaru Rally Blue, yep, right, of course, natural. Um, gold OZ rims, yep, okay. Big wing, not a wing fan, but I was cool with it on that car. Mm-hmm. Audibly, because that's part of a car, people don't think about, you know, the hum of an EV to get your cockles going. They think of, like, the exhaust note of a Ferrari. Like, you don't need a radio because you just listen to that exhaust, right? Um, That's what I think. I think of waste gates and the turbo. Like, when they hit the clutch, it, goes that, it does that, that uh, you know, yeah. that's what I think of, right? Obnoxious. Speaking of exhaust notes, before you go on, because I'm... The exhaust note on that WRX had such a good throaty exhaust to it. And even though it was just a four-cylinder. But it, it sounded like a kind of like a gurgly V8. Yeah. But like a really low, like... Yeah. Like it wasn't like... No, it, was a, no, it wasn't a fart cannon. No. But then, you know, so you have all that wastegate, rally blue, big turbos, a boxer engine, you know... Uh, what I don't think about is plugging into the wall. No, don't do it. Twenty twenty eight. No Subaru WRX STI oh, no. EV. No, I'm done. No, I'm done with the auto industry. Get off my lawn. I'm done. <laughs> I physically hurt from that. <laughs> the Corvette SUV wasn't bad enough. That was so bad though, too. Yeah. So I wish, like, I wish we had video right now. <laughs> so, because <laughs> the disappoint, like, I, I, I can't see my face, but I feel the disappointment showing on my face. Right now. <laughs> it that all, all of those they hurt. Yeah, they they. You're just you're just trying to tug on people's heartstrings. They that hurt. Love cars. They hurt your soul. And you do that to it. No, yeah. I get. I, I, I get what they're. Oh, it's going to be as fast as the WRX STI. It's going to be faster. It's going to be faster, man. Yeah, yeah, but you can't run the Paris to the car rally at it because there's no freaking charging station for it. <laughs> I hate to say it. Anything other than a Tesla EV. If if your name is not Tesla, you do not have in demand electric cars. Yeah. You just don't. You're charging. 
And and we talked about this, where GM and Ford are, are, are trying to tap into the Tesla supercharger network by using their charger. And they signed the deal with them. And, and yes, that might sell a few more Fords. But if I have that kind of money, am I going to go to the company trying to make electric cars or the car company that makes nice ones that work well that have the best tech that have better technology in it mm-hmm. and has been doing it for over 10 years yeah and here's the thing if i have the money for that probably have the money to have a if i need a truck a used truck and everyone who has a tesla also has a gas powered vehicle and, 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 yes because you still can, they're still not they still don't have and they'll say advertised 300 mile range. They don't because that's under optimal conditions. Once you like, let's run the AC the entire time. Let's do it when it's cold. Let's put a load in it. Let's go faster than the speed limit, which if I do zero to 60 in two seconds, I'm going to. So I don't have a whole lot of faith in them yet. It's not, it's not there, but they're all jumping on this dumb bandwagon. And when you make a WRX STI EV, and then the, the the color of the car, it's not even World Rally Blue or Subaru Rally Blue, whatever the color is called. It's white. So you just took what, for a lot of kids, especially now, like we were, you know, people of our age remember when it was like Mustang and Camaro. Like that was the battle. Well, people that are like a little bit younger than us, they were too young for that. And they read things with, and maybe even our age, where it was STI versus Lancer Evo 8. That was the big pony car battle. Yep. And now you're going to take one of those cars. Well, Ford did it with the Mustang and made it an SUV. So, yeah. But. Hopefully you like this episode. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share. Share us with your friends. Although maybe... This may not be the episode if they're car people because I'm frustrated now. <laughs> I'm physically disappointed. But we hope you enjoyed the show. Please check out Brian Schilling with Long and Foster Real Estate in Annapolis, Maryland. AnnapolisHomeExperts.com And cheers to spirits in the Arnold Station Plaza for your beer, wine, and liquor needs. Don't worry if you don't know what you want. If you want to try something new, go ahead and ask them. They've always been super helpful for us. We thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.